Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. March 11th marked one year since the day the World Health Organization declared that a new fast-spreading coronavirus had caused a pandemic. (laughs) This set off a number of reactions from federal, state, and local governments in response to it, as you well know. And uh, at first, it was that we needed to lock down for two weeks, just two weeks, to flatten the curve right? Do you remember that? To flatten the curve. The curve was that we were going to overwhelm our hospitals and our medical system, and so we needed to spread out those that were getting the virus over a a longer period of time so that we had the hospital beds and and the infrastructure and the PPE and all that for for taking care of those those individuals. So we needed to flatten the curve. We needed to lock down for those two weeks. Then it was that we were going to stay locked down to fight the spread of the virus. Suddenly the fight the curve thing and the flatten the curve thing turned into we're going to fight the virus and we're going to uh, get rid of this virus by continuing to lock down. Then it was get vaccinated so we can go back to normal. Now, it is, as, as our electronic road signs here in the state of Washington say, uh, quote, even if you're vaccinated, mask up, unquote. <laughs> it's, it, it just seems to never end. Uh, Governor Kate Brown of Oregon just three days ago put 15 counties back into the extreme risk status. What, what does that mean? Well, That means that there is no indoor dining of any kind, among other things, like gyms and it can't be open and things like this. When asked for the data on how how many people get COVID while dining inside, she said she did not have any data, but that she had heard that there might be some people that got COVID that way. (laughs) So we're making public policy based off of, you know, I heard somebody say to somebody, yeah, anyway. You know, all we hear from Pope Fauci, the WHO, CDC, and and governmental officials is that we need to follow the science. But are we? And what does follow the science mean? And and let me just say right here, I believe that COVID-19 is a real virus and can be a particularly nasty one, really, to particularly the the elderly age groups and and those with pre-existing conditions. Uh, In fact, I and and my family have had the virus and we've recovered from it. I know that the vaccines seem to be working in preventing people from getting the virus at, at a pretty high rate. And I understand that the vaccines are too new to have any kind of long-term data in regards to their safety and long-term effects. And with that said, let's look at what has happened and what is happening in terms of, quote, following the science, unquote, of COVID, all right? Let's first turn our attention to masks. 
being married to someone who works in the medical field and particularly in, in OR, I have heard many stories of how they handle PPE. Uh, N95 masks or better were the only kind of masks that were allowed because they were the ones that prevented viruses from being transmitted by aerosol and not just, not just droplets, but in the air. In the early weeks and months of the COVID outbreak, the CDC and the WHO stated that face masks were not necessary for the general public unless a person was experiencing symptoms or you know, caring for someone who was. The agencies also initially urged people not to buy high filtration N95s or surgical masks because they were needed for healthcare workers and were in short supply because of inadequate government stockpiles. Though perhaps well-meaning, and that's up for debate, of course, the WHO's and the CDC's guidances here sent a mixed message about masks' effectiveness and about who deserves protection. The CDC changed course and recommended cloth face coverings in April. And the WHO, or WHO, did not do so until June, citing inadequate evidence of their effectiveness before then. So we take a look at these two organizations. They're, they're not saying that we even need to wear masks. And they're saying, well, you know, you need to wear cloth masks maybe, but there's no real evidence that they actually work. And then they're oh, just go ahead and wear them. So why are we being required in many states to wear masks? The only scientific data out there that shows that, that particularly cloth masks actually do more harm than good. When, when we breathe into a cloth mask, for instance, our breath gets them wet. And that actually helps the virus get to our system. Uh, without data to show that masks actually help prevent the spread of viruses, one can only conclude that the restrictions are only intended to be a placebo at best. And I've heard of a lot of other people make other cases as far as what face masks really are about, because obviously the data does not show that face masks, other than, again, the N95s are better, that face masks do any good when it comes to the spread of the coronavirus. So let's take a look at vaccines. Government regulations prevented the development of the COVID vaccine even faster. Now we know that this vaccine, that these vaccines, they they literally came to fruition faster than than anything that we've ever seen in the past by far. They could have been done even faster, except government regulation prevented that from happening. Donald Trump actually then took some action and and um, paved the way for these vaccines. But private industry actually had the mnra coding done one week after China released the genetic code for COVID. We know that that the government basically said, hey, we're going to handle this. The private industry, they wanted to, to do things and they wanted to, um, to help in this area. And the government said, no, we're going to do it. And then, of course, things started to spiral. The government obviously knew that they weren't going to be able to, to take care of things. And so they said, oh, we, we need your help now. 
but we we got a ton of mixed messages. I mean, it, during the vice presidential debate, you saw Kamala Harris said that she would not get the vaccine because it was developed under the Trump administration. <laughs> she did. She didn't. Uh, she didn't trust it because of that. Now, once you have had the virus or the vaccine, you should not have to socially distance or wear a mask. I mean, that's that's just the science. You should go back to normal life. Dr. Martin um, McCary of John Hopkins University wrote in an article in the Wall Street Journal just, just a few weeks ago stating that very thing, that once you have had the vaccine, you should take off the mask and go back to regular life. There's no reason why you shouldn't do that. But Joe Biden and the CDC refused to convey the same message. President Biden even had his his mask on when he attended a Zoom call with other world leaders. I mean, he was the only one that wore it. Everybody in the White House is vaccinated, and he's wearing a mask on a Zoom call. Why? Why would you do that if you're following the science? Instead of of taking the lead with the scientific-based information, here is what Biden said just, just the other day. Listen to this. And because of the extraordinary progress we've made in fighting this virus and the progress our scientists have made in learning about how it gets transmitted, earlier today, the CDC made an important announcement. Starting today, if you're fully vaccinated and you're outdoors, you need, and not in a big crowd, you no longer need to wear a mask. I want to be absolutely clear. If you're in a crowd, like a stadium or at a conference, or a concert, you still need to wear a mask, even if you're outside. But beginning today, gathering with a group of friends in a park, going for a picnic, as long as you are vaccinated and outdoors, you can do it without a mask. The CDC is able to make this announcement because our scientists are convinced by the data that the odds of getting or giving the virus to others is very, very low if you're both been fully vaccinated and out in the open air. The CDC also clarify which outdoor activities are safer or less safe depending on whether you've been vaccinated. The bottom line is clear. If you're vaccinated, you can do more things, more safely, both outdoors as well as indoors. For, so for those who haven't gotten their vaccination yet, especially if you're younger or think you don't need it, this is another great reason to go get vaccinated. Now, now. Vaccinated? outdoors, small groups, you don't have to wear a mask? I mean, come on, Joe. This is not scientifically based. He is, he's, he's wanting you to get vaccinated, but for what reason? If I still have to wear a mask and I still, you can't go eat indoors or whatever the case may be, then how, then, then why in the world would I do it? If I can't go back to real life, isn't, isn't that what we're supposed to have happen when we get the vaccine? So let's take a look at the spread of coronavirus. Early in the pandemic, the U.S. health authorities 
believed the virus spread primarily by direct contact or relatively large droplets from a nearby cough or sneeze, not by far, you know, smaller droplets uh, called aerosols uh, that linger in the air. As a result, officials placed a huge emphasis on washing one's hands and cleaning surfaces. Scientists now believe transmission from surfaces are not the main way the virus spreads and that aerosols play a much larger role. Ensuring proper ventilation and wearing well-fitted high-quality masks are uh, much more effective ways to reduce transmission than deep cleaning surfaces, for instance. Uh, yet the the latter, which you know critics have dubbed hygiene theater, <laughs> this is kind of an interesting term, continues to be a focus of many offices and businesses. Uh, you know you can go into just about any office setting right now, and of course you've got the hand sanitizers and and all kinds of stuff everywhere to try to wipe down all the services. Be- you know, every time somebody touches one, and and I mean I I I've gotten a number of pens now <laughs> recently uh, because <laughs> this little sign says, "Hey, if you touch the pen, take it with you." You know, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the chances of getting COVID outside is just simply minuscule. And why? Well. We know that ultraviolet light from the sun kills any viruses that that are out in the open. The, the, The chance of transmission through inanimate services is very small. And this comes from Professor Emmanuel Goldman of, of Rutgers University. We, we know that, that just touching a surface that even if somebody has COVID and they've touched, you're not going to get COVID that way. All of the evidence points to the vast majority of COVID infections happening out in, indoors, not outdoors. The virus is transmitted through human interaction, especially when people are together for a long period of time. And lockdowns did exactly that. It put people together for a long period of time. When states did start to open up businesses under you know, reduce capacity orders, they put time restrictions on them as if the, the virus could only be caught during certain hours of the day or with a certain number of people in the room. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just so unscientific. Nothing backs up this data. So let's take a look at immunities. A large study demonstrated that people who had recovered from infection still had antibodies, as well as so-called memory B cells and memory T cells, um, you know, six to eight months later. So if you've gotten COVID and you've recovered from it, you have the antibodies. You, there, there's, there's at this point no reason to get the vaccine. The, the CDC recently released guidelines stating that with a few exceptions, fully vaccinated people who were exposed to the virus did not need to quarantine, even if they did not show uh, it. They did not show symptoms. As more and more people get the vaccine and recover from being infected, we are developing herd immunity. When so herd immunity, when 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 fifty or sixty percent of people uh, have have gotten something, then you know that it's going to not continue to grow. It's it's going to 
reduce any kind of virus. And, and this despite Pope Fauci admit, uh, admitting that he lied about the 70 to 80 percent. So he, he said we need the 70 to 80 percent to uh, to get herd immunity. And then, of course, he came back and said, yeah, I lied uh, about that. Uh, so let's take a look at lockdowns, the lockdowns that we've experienced here. Since the way that, that COVID is spread through aerosol, it lives longer indoors. Lockdowns are the exact opposite of what we should be doing to lower the spread, right? I mean, if <laughs> if we're supposed to be outdoors and we're locking people down indoors, that seems to be the opposite. First, the message was that we had to do that lockdown for two weeks so that the hospital system had time to prepare and not get overwhelmed, like we talked about. When it turned into, quote, we need the lockdowns to prevent the spread, unquote, well, then we're starting to get into a different area. The government knew that our country is founded on personal freedoms and that it couldn't just order people to lockdown. So they turned to businesses and ordered them to enforce the lockdowns. If they did not comply, then they would be fined and have their licenses revoked and and and, and all kinds of stuff. The, the, the government decided uh, what was essential and, and who was not. Big chain stores, of course, were deemed essential, right? Mid and small businesses were to stay closed. We shut down parks and outdoor activities, public restrooms. I, 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 this is the one I still don't get. You know, if, if we're closing public restrooms in parks, how is that helping people not spread COVID? If they, they, we're, we're using porta potties and they're, they're bringing in porta potties instead. How does that help? Public restrooms, especially in parks, were, uh, are, are still closed. Why? Why is this the case? If we look at the federal government's response, let's, let's just take a step back. And we look at, at just the federal government's response. January 7th of 2020, CDC establishes COVID-19's response system to track cases in the U.S. January 14th, the WHO says that there is no evidence of human-to-human transmission. January 20th, first reported case of COVID in the U.S. January 31st, President Trump announces travel restrictions to China. Okay, so, I mean, right away, we're still in January, and Trump announces travel restrictions to China. China, And, and of course, we see a, just a severe reaction on the part of the Democratic leadership to that. That very same day, in fact, Nancy Pelosi proposed that, the, that she proposed a no-ban act which was designed to restrict what Trump could do with restrictions. <laughs> so she was trying to make it so that he couldn't restrict travel to China. That same day, The Hill reported that Trump was being accused of racism by Democrats. February 6th, just a week later, the CDC ships test their, their first test kits. And February 24th, Nancy Pelosi tours Chinatown in San Francisco and invites all to come there. You can, you can look up the video and see it. February 29th, first person dies of COVID-19 in the U.S. And then March 2nd, pharmaceutical companies begin developing a vaccine. On March 3rd, the WHO announces, quote, COVID-19 spreads less efficiently than the flu. 
Transmission does not appear to be driven by people who are not sick, unquote. Of course, we know that's not even true, but March 3rd, that's what they're announcing, okay? March 10th, Italy announces travel ban restrictions. March 11th, Trump, Trump announces travel restrictions from Europe. March 12th, Joe Biden accuses Trump of xenophobia. <laughs> he's he's saying that, that, that he's only putting on these restrictions because he hates people that are different than him. March 13th, President Trump declares a national emergency the very next day. Spain announces travel ban restrictions on the 14th, and President Trump on the 17th orders free telehealth screening. Again, that, this was something that we, that was basically forbidden to do, and, and Trump, uh, again, streamlined the way for people to get medical care. March 18th, Department of Defense surges one million masks to hospitals. And March 23rd, the UK announces travel restrictions. So we see this, this, this whole stream, uh, uh, and, and if you go back to actually looking at history, looking at what happened, we see the federal government really did everything that they could at the time, except when it came to those that were supposed to know what was going on. They were supposed to see what was going on. They were supposed to be looking at the data. They were supposed to be looking at the, at the science. The CDC and the, and the WHO did not give out good information. Another factor in the spread of COVID was the lack of PPE. After SARS, the level of PPA, PPE in the Department of Health and Human Services strategic national stockpile was extremely low. There, there were many calls for the Obama administration to replenish the stockpile. And these call, calls just simply fell on deaf ears. Almost all of our PPE comes from places like China, believe it or not. And, and the U.S. is the world's leading importer of PPE. Many private businesses offer, uh, offered to, to convert their facilities, like I said, to, to produce the PPE, but were rejected by government officials. It was not until months later that the government finally said that they needed help obtaining more PPE. And we lost precious time at the beginning of this pandemic because of the government incompetence. So what is the CDC saying and doing now? Well, they put out an absolutely ridiculous chart that is not based in science at all. And I know you can't see it because this is a podcast, but let me just walk you through it quickly here. There's one side of the chart that is for unvaccinated people. And the other side of the chart that is for fully vaccinated people. And then in the middle, they give this thing called your activity. So if you're talking about just outdoor activities, like walk, run, bike, outdoors um, with members of your own household, attend a small outdoor gathering, fully vaccinated people and friends. So if, if, if you do those things, you don't have to wear a mask, whether you're unvaccinated or vaccinated. But then it starts to go downhill. Then attend a small outdoor gathering of fully vaccinated and unvaccinated people. Well, if you're not vaccinated, you're supposed to wear a mask. And then dine at outdoor restaurants with friends from multiple households. Well, if you're unvaccinated, that's not real safe, even if you wear a mask. And attend a crowded outdoor event like a live performance, a parade or a sporting event. 
Well, that's really unsafe, even if you wear a mask, if you're unvaccinated. And if you're vaccinated, you have to wear a mask. Why? Why is the CDC putting this out? Where is the data? Where is the science? Show us where this comes from. And, and that's, not, that's not even a half of it. It then switches to indoor activities, like visit a barber or hair salon, uh, go to an uh, uncrowded outdoor shopping center or museum, ride public transportation with limited occupancy or attend a small outdoor gathering of fully vaccinated and unvaccinated people from multiple households. All of those you can do if you're vaccinated, if you wear a mask. And if you're unvaccinated and you're still wearing a mask, it's not safe. I mean, are masks safe or are they not safe? And here, here's, here's, the, here's the kicker. Go to an out, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, go to an indoor movie theater, attend a full capacity worship service, like well, church, sing in an indoor chorus, eat at an indoor restaurant or bar, or participate in an indoor high intensity exercise class, okay, like a gym, whatever. All of those things, if you're vaccinated, you have to do with a mask. And if you're unvaccinated, even if you wear a mask, it is highly unsafe. How in the world do you put that out? Where is that? Where is the data showing that? They are putting out these, this ridiculous chart. This is what they're spending their time on at the CDC. The, the, the head of the CDC, Dr. Rachel uh, uh, Walensky, she said uh, about four weeks ago that she had a feeling of impending doom about the resurgence of COVID. Now, now she says that she doesn't have those feelings just about three, three or four weeks later. Well, this is the head of the CDC. Where are you getting these feelings? Why are we putting out feelings of impending doom? This is, this is what we're paying her the thousands of dollars to do. Why are we not following the science? Well, I would say, number one, we're not following the science because governments love power. And, th- and, and what this has done is it's, it's, it's shown that you can have power over people and, and, and power that you didn't even know you had. Governments are notoriously slow, number two, to, to, to change things. I mean, the FTC takes years normally to approve new medicines. And number three, following what the government wants you to do, particularly wearing masks, has become, well, kind of a religion of the left. And if we we're truly following the science, then we would not be locking down, wearing any masks other than N95s. Uh, we wouldn't be closing parks, hiking trails and campgrounds and, and bringing in porta potties instead of opening restrooms, having a, a uh, to, to wipe everything down in between uses. Uh, we wouldn't have to be, be having to wear masks of any kind outside. And not letting our, our kids go to school full-time, uh, requiring restrictions on people that have gotten the vaccine or already had the virus, or only allowing outdoor dining at restaurants. I mean, these things, if we're really truly following science, then we wouldn't be doing those things. There are many states that are talking about leading in, in, in getting things reopened and, and, and getting back to normal. Many of these states have been criticized and told that they will be sh- there'll be sharp spikes in cases because of it. but that that's just not the case we see them 
doing this and there's there's no sharp spikes. In fact, there's some of the ones where there isn't the sharp spikes. These states no longer have ma- uh, mask mandates. And let, let me just tell you the ones that, that have taken the lead. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, South uh, Carolina, uh, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. These are the places that are taking the lead. And these and and this is what where we need to go. We 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 need leadership in this area and we need to follow the science, not what we feel or what we've heard. And what and and you you may agree or disagree with me. I would love to hear from you on this. This is this is something I, I, I'm very passionate about because it just is not logical. There's no common sense here whatsoever. And so I would love to hear your your take on it, and you can do so right at our website, uncommonsensepodcast.com. And thank you for listening.